Crackle Pop Rice Krispie. Welcome to Red Delta. Welcome to Red Delta. Yow. We're taking HRT, <laughs> if you couldn't tell, <laughs> based on our intros. In uh, music theory, we would call these, uh, what is it? You know, where the melodies stray away from each other. One's getting higher, one's getting lower. Inverse, inverse melodies. Something like this. That's what you'd call it. Welcome back. I am not going to say anything because at that at this point, my medical—I almost said my medical knowledge, my my musical knowledge, especially theory. Do do caca. Gun farts. Do do caca. Yeah. Speaking of do do caca, how's your life? <laughs> Great way to explain it right now. Uh, it's you know it's a yin and yang of shit and awesome. Um, Mm. Yeah, work is going great, going okay. You know, I'm I'm participating in capitalism well right now, uh, but it's a little exhausting. Been doing a lot of traveling, been talking to a lot of people of different backgrounds. Um, from you, yes, from me. Yep, you know, getting out there to the communities, the different communities. Uh, but yeah. Um, Exhausting. I've been in too many airports. I'm never going back to Ohio. Sorry to any uh, sister, cousin, siblings out there, but I'm never coming back to that state. I feel like if we have people that are listeners in Ohio and you said that, I have a feeling they would be with yeah. you. They're like, you don't, don't worry yeah. about it. You know what? I understand. And thank you. Thank you for seeing me. <laughs> thank you for seeing me. Exactly. <laughs> um, but other than that, creativity-wise, great. I just got a new synth. Uh, I'm learning even more how to use the synth that D has given me. Uh, mm. And we're just out there and promoting ourselves and believing in ourselves and just slapping imposter syndrome around by the lips. So... Yeah. Yeah, beating that little That's bitch right. around right. with my what is the little horse flogger? But it's not a what is the little you know like the oh it's the switch. That's yeah. what it is. The like little, just the little leather the at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Sex. Sexy imposter <laughs> syndrome. Little. Like Peter Griffin in Fishnets. Ooh. You know, That's just right. beating beating that bitch. Or BDSM <laughs> dumb. Yeah. Shit, mm. but yeah, D, how are you? How have you been? Um, I'm good. So many things. Very similarly, you know, shit while eating. You know, actually, I will point to a moment of my life that really encompasses this. Eating dinner at a Michelin star restaurant, third course in, you get the shits, the like severe runs for the rest of the meal, but you are still at a Michelin star restaurant. So you're enjoying you're not going home, honey. A, but I'm, <laughs> I'm having an incredible experience, full chaos Internally, externally, no. But you know, it's an it's a Michelin star Dude, meal. You're not so. hurting anybody as long as you're not going swimming. You're not hurting anybody, okay? Other than the fact that that restaurant only had one Shut bathroom, the fuck up. it was very small. Like basically just a big bar around the My kitchen. It was God. super cool. I'm not going to get into the experience because we were talk- just talking about how <laughs> life's going. But yeah, so only one bathroom. So that was the additional embarrassment of that. Sorry to always yeah, start dude. and end our shows talking about shit. Yeah, but, um, you know, I, 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 I think it's like a not praise kink. It's like a shame kink. Like I'm going to shame myself into sharing this. But like I was trying to do these like quick in and outs right? Because I'm so embarrassed in between courses, like everything is perfectly timed, yada, yada. And also I don't want to hog the bathroom, even though I'm hogging in the bathroom, you know? (laughs) Anyways, life is great. Um, I am the mother of two cats, most recently the second on Tuesday. Um, yeah, they're still figuring it out. My their names are Boba and Muzan. Boba's legal name is Locabel, but I always call him Boba. Um, and Muzan is a demon from Demon Slayer, the demon from yeah. Demon Slayer for any of our Demon Slayer listening fans out there. So that's great. 
um, they're one's black and one's white. You know, we have to have a racially integrated home. <laughs> um, right. And yeah, I'm woke. Right. Um, even my cats, even my cat selection <laughs> is. Yeah. Just wild shit. You know, actually, you know, in the vein of shit, let's just talk about it. Um, one fun thing is that I got my first fail to stop at a stop sign ticket Ooh. recently, like blocks from my uh, home. Blocks it always, they say home. it always happens so close to your home. You let your guard down. And I thought that was just, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, exactly. I thought that it was just accidents, you know, that, that, you know, Murphy's Law or whatever the fuck they call it is. But apparently it's tickets too. Because I got it, and I was like, shit, whatever. It's a stop sign that literally nobody fucking stops at. I live in Detroit. Like, stop signs are... stop. Like, all stop signs on the road are, like, the stop signs in the grocery store parking lot. They are... Mere suggestions. Mere suggestions, exactly. And whatever. I get the ticket. I'm fussy about it, obviously. And yada, yada... I ended up trying to fight it or at least reduce it or whatever. Cause they were putting points on my license and I decided to go. I paid the whatever, like the first fee. And then I had the zoom court date and I was prepping for hours, like not just, you know, sitting down one time, but like, you know, thinking about it on my drive talking about it with friends, you know, verbally processing the fuck out of, okay, what is, because my autistic brain has to get every fucking detail out, right? As to like how this is, because if they ask me a question, I gotta, I gotta, you know, be able to, as if this is like, you know, a Netflix docu, like mini series court event, (laughs) right? Um, there there has to be a whole narrative. (laughs) Yeah. There has to be a whole narrative. And so the narrative was that I ended up working out and actually I was talking with one of my friends just about the, there is this concept in neurodivergence, whether autistic or ADHD, I'm sure other ones, but those are the ones for me and the friends that I talked to where like proprioception is your ability to gauge how far and where things are outside of your body. And interoception is gauging, you know, the sensations of inside your body. So hunger and bathroom matters and yada, yada, yada. Right. Um, I do have an issue with not knowing when I'm going to shit. I, I normally shit in the morning. So yeah. like I have my routine, it's not a common problem, but if anything messes that yeah, up, if you're outside of the routine, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, it's like there's a nuclear bomb button, except you got like three seconds. Wow. You got th- a whole three, a whole three terrible, Mississippi. Dude. It's not exactly that short, but yeah, it's, it, I it, mean, yeah, I guess if you're like, okay with pooping in public, it's not that bad. But for me, um, I don't enjoy pooping in public. So that would be fucking a nightmare. I mean, I don't enjoy, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't enjoy it, but I definitely like, I've had to do it on so many occasions in such embarrassing circumstances, yeah. right? Like, I guess, yeah. Doing like, like groundhogging to the max kind yeah. of thing. And I'm like, knock, 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 oh knock, 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 who the fuck is in there? Get yeah. out of the back fucking yeah. bathroom. Anyways, so like, I happened, and this, I, I will say, well, maybe I should say that this is true for the sake of law in case the 36th district of Detroit comes after me because of this podcast. They probably will. I'm like so famous and stuff. But um, I happen to be taking Boba to the vet this morning. And it's this vet that opens at 8, but they're all first come, first serve, like no appointments. So you have to get there at like 7, 7.30. So my poop is interrupted, yeah. right? Too early. And yeah, too early. I the ticket was assigned at like nine forty eight, so you know the timetable was correct in my in my narrative. And so I was gonna explain that I basically was about I was about to shit myself, and so that's why I didn't stop completely because I was concerned about the integrity of my fine linen shorts. That's right. I mean, also like the interior of your car. No one wants to clean that up. I, thankfully, I do have leather okay. seats, so it would be 
more manageable than if it were normal fabric, but still, right? And But I was talking with my friends about how I was going to, you know, the lower, tri- once the fecal stool passes the third, Last, <laughs> like you know, getting into like the, Mario Kart yeah, exactly. The last then, turn before <laughs> the, the finish line. Exactly. This, the way my body works, if you're familiar with the purple, the purple, uh, drifting yep. zoom right. or whatever the extra the extra layer the of zoom yep. yeah if you turn the bumper that's like my lower tract Ooh, is bumpers damn, off and so you got like 10 15 minutes and i had already been driving there's for a, seven sometimes minutes, there's a shortcut so. too so. yeah anyways that's my life it kind of you know like finding the joy in literally shitty moments and just riffing i've told so many mm, borderline strangers you know like small gatherings of people and just talked about this and yeah sort of shocking how little shame I have um but yet how quickly I'm able to be shamed also shit maybe that's like a king I don't know topic for my therapist exactly (laughs) whoa (laughs) therapy god yeah oh my god actually speaking of therapy what music have you been listening to recently so uh as musicians, yeah, you right. know. Love it. Still haven't repaired my relationship with classical music, LOL. Uh, but listening to a lot of Bad Bunny and Rosalia, a lot of reggaeton and just Latino music. So uh, still uh, spinning Un Verano Sin Ti, um, contributing to more money in Bad Bunny's pocket. So you're welcome, Benito. Yeah, all like you've probably in all your plays, you've probably given him like seven oh, cents. When he I had title, it. they were like, "Hey, like your most of your money is going to bad money," and I was like, "Oh, well, he doesn't need it." But whoops. Yeah, like what yeah. am I gonna do? Play while I'm some sleeping? Some people do. I could be better. Just, oh, somebody be better else. With my, is that yeah. how that actually works? Some people do that. So you know, if you got your own shit, play that shit at night. If you got the uh, unlimited data on your home internet. So. Oh, the uh, yeah. heard. What about heard. yourself? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm always all over the board, but an album that's kind of stuck with me, and because different tracks keep popping out, is um, if anyone knows Arthur Russell, who's this cellist from the '80s and '90s, but he was also doing a lot of kind of in the queer HIV era like civil rights era of queerness kind of a thing um it took me years to get into his music but they someone released a posthumous album called pictures of picture of bunny rabbit and some of the tracks are really weird but some of them are really sweet and it's just this really i don't know how to explain the music but yeah yeah. it's it's been enrapturing (laughs) me in between some you know mixes and stuff from artists so yeah always gotta you know i'm i'm in the city of dance music so gotta keep it i've been like okay i've been trying to expand you know my musical horizons because i got a little mixer a little baby mixer so mix coming soon with some cunty music bitch (laughs) i have this fidget toy that has it looks like a person it has arms and legs but the arms and legs are like bendy joints it's hard to explain they like Mm -hmm. click and every once in a while you can well when i'm fidgeting at it i'll set it down on my desk it kind of looks like it's doing a dip and my brain always has the beyonce cunty cunty cunt i mean obviously that's not exclusively but like you know pussy 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 oh my gosh speaking of beyonce as as with my fucking just i forgot to add my life update that i saw beyonce live and that was fucking Mm. life-changing oh my god the shit that bitch can do with that voice ugh, ugh, the costumes the music i'd do it again i'd do it again that's something i'd do again for sure yeah she's an icon yes she's an icon she's a hero
speaking of icons and heroes, in our interview with Angie, I've been meaning to circle back about this for so long. You mentioned that you hate poodles. From like uh, some former teacher, the words used were indentured servitude and former viola yeah, teacher. Yeah, oh my goodness. I'm oh air quoting those. So whoever listens to this and you're offended by that, uh, you, we, don't, we probably don't even talk anymore. So sorry to you, kind of, but yeah, <laughs> reach out. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was actually like my foundational experience with hating poodles of all sizes. Uh, but these were standard poodles. So, you know, part of like not being able to like really pay for viola lessons was like, okay, like do stuff for this teacher who was like, you know, looking back, (laughs) severe ADHD, like just fucking everywhere, right? She was like hella older. Anyway, part of doing this stuff was like literally picking up after these fucking poodles. They would just like shit and piss in the house, like purposefully. They're so smart. Purposefully they would do that shit. Um, I'd have to like... Because they were racist? (laughs) And they were like, we know that no, this person here. I doubt it was about race, because apparently they don't see color. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, No, they were just sociopathic and, like, wanted attention. So they would, like, make in the house. Um, and then I'd have to, like, comb them. And then, you know, if you didn't comb them, they would get, like, hot spots. And, like, that's literally, like like, little sores that they would start to get under their, like, matted fur. So, like, it was just, like this constant psychological thing of like, I really fucking hate you animals. You know what you're doing. And I have to take care of you because like, I have that much empathy that like, I don't want the fucking animal to suffer. So beyond that, after that nightmare, like I had some like uncles with these mini poodles and like, one was a fucking psychopath would like strike out at people at like, for no reason, like, like bit my poor sister-in-law and she's like, a gentle empathic soul and like yeah um sociopathic not trained if you came close to it's like daddy it would literally strike out at you and they would like stare at you like waiting wait like trying to intimidate you yes daring you i know it was troubled but i couldn't bring myself to have an ounce of love in my soul for that dog um the reasons why I hate yeah. poodles, they are sociopathic, borderline psychopathic, very, very smart. They'll literally, like, shit and piss on your things, in the middle of things, on the way to things. Which is what cats just to get do. Back to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, like, but like imagine one do. that's, They're like, fucking... its head is up to your titty. And it's, like, vindictively oh, the cat. Okay. shitting and pissing in the house. Yeah. Yeah, it, like, looks at you. You know, normally dogs look around. They're very scared when they're taking a shit. This one is yeah. fucking laser Straight up locked. and, like, I know that you walk through this area the most, <laughs> so I'm going to put it right here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I will never get any sort of doodle over my dead body. That's why I hate poodles. Yeah, my mom's doodle oh my is a God. sweet that's angel. Right. That's right. You've met so, her. and the, But that's a rare case, and it took her a minute to get there. sister cousin. Yeah. Actually, okay. Perfect segue. Speaking of shitting in the house, we are going to launch into our, we're we're launched back into our favorite segment, Uh Uh-Oh History. It's not a favorite. I'm just saying that. I love this segment. Uh Uh-Oh History. Like, whoops. Yeah. Let's re-educate, okay, on the glory. So I was perusing the internet and I, we're going to call this particular edition sage the stinkies (laughs) i'm gonna start by saying this is not safe for work if you're squeamish i'm gonna get into some if you haven't picked up by now medical with all this shit talk like please put your head literal shit talk but this is this is like gore a little bit not violence just medical 17th century shit okay louis the 14th his nickname was the sun king which he gave himself because at the time the sun was the center of the universe galaxy whatever and he wanted to be the center of attention so in that spirit let's give him all the attention particularly his anal fistula so starting this off it was room it's rumored that louis the 14th and other royals only bathed twice in his whole life setting the stage the setting has been set imagine those crevices holy shit 
We're about to. No imagination needed. (laughs) So these royals of all kinds, they would go on these great tours with a bunch of people, you know, their families, their knights, their military, whatever. And on the surface, their intention was drumming up loyalty, kind of instilling a little bit of fear, you know, like you saw my face, you better be loyal to me, don't fuck with me kind of vibe. But the real logistical reason, and this is documented throughout European history, is because of the insane amount of human waste that was created when all of these people were living in confined spaces, i.e. all the fucking castles that we all go and visit and beloved and blah, 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 with no plumbing. Doo-doo everywhere. And so literally everywhere. It's so fucking crazy. And... This is a brief aside, but there was like one point when it got so bad. And so they were, they marked red X's in places where they wanted people to not pee. They were like, this is a no piss and shit zone. But in fact, what that did is it actually gave people a target and made it worse. It it literally reminds me of those signs out that say like, don't let your dog piss here. There's literally like a turd right next to it. But this is a human in fucking Christopher Columbus, like garb, you know, or whatever the fucking, I don't, you know, that colonial bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah, the human waste is the real issue on top of just the insane amount of like resource exploitation that would happen when this like right large group of people would bounce from location to location. So traveling made it easier to avoid these problems by not only running away from them, but then also having your plebeians do all the cleanup and serve you and never having to face literally your waste ever again. So by 1682, Louis XIV settles along with 10,000 other royals, aristocrats, government officials, servants, and military uh, officers in the Palace of Versailles. One of the most beloved castles. Again, shit-covered walls, piss everywhere, trash, garbage, everything all over the place. Because there's 10,000 fucking people there. And they don't... Anyways. So by the winter of 1686, likely because he never washed his fucking body, Louis developed a tumor right in his crotch, which they supposed was... Uh, caused by glandular inflammation, which was very common in the 17th century. My, you know, historical medical expertise imagines that's because, again, because white people are stinky and don't bathe. (laughs) So in order to address this... Oh, go ahead. Ain't washing those legs and ain't washing that crotch, done. It's, yeah, it's not even a... Oh, I just let the soap run down. <laughs> there was no soap. So. Situation. Yeah. There was no soap. There was no bath. Maybe a swimming pool, but that's oh, like dude. hot dog water oh at this point. God. Can my you imagine? Hot dog water. <laughs> Human oh hot dog water. Speaking of hot dog water, so these doctors, in order to address this tumor in his crotch, they would drain the paraanal abscess. I'm going to use all the medical jargon that I possibly can during this segment just to offer some legitimacy to it. Paraanal, which means around the anus cavity. If you need to Google the word and look up some pictures, feel free. Um, And so then they would drain the abscess, some hot dog water would come out, and then they would fill the cavity with various substances, which hurt a lot and also wasn't really doing much good, but they couldn't figure out a way to close the hole like you know when you pop a really big zit right it's like a fucking crater it's like that but on your anus you can't do that by yourself you need a partner for that what the hot dog water anal pimple like you know what i mean like i feel for him like he needed to get a whole team involved like you can't pop your own anal (laughs) a whole medical team and doctors and surgeons are like weird status yeah, at this I mean, time. You know, surgeons were experimenting it. as yeah. fuck. Holy yeah, wing, winging it, winging it. Yeah, and that's why they were just filling this cavity with substances to try and prevent infection. And they were doing this for months and months and months. And Louis gets fussy, capital fucking F. 
He has to change his clothes two to three times a day. He can't ride his pony, which is obviously a favorite activity. He can't go hunting, which is obviously another favorite activity. He doesn't go to court, which is basically his only fucking job. And he just sits in his stupid little sedan chair alone in the garden moping for all these months while he has a fussy anus hole, right? (laughs) I'm going to pass out. (laughs) Leaking pus, leaking pus, compression, and doctors, they just kept filling it, draining it, and they... One of the techniques was that they would seal the wound with a red hot iron, which is so vile Ouch. around your anus. Like this, like this man is not. I don't. He's not having anal oh anytime my God, soon. Dude. So the the amount of scar tissue, right? Like, imagine having a big dookie. Oh my god, dude! As a matter of fact, Ooh. any dookie. Wow, I just had a sympathetic pulse in my butthole. We should change our podcast name to Brown oh Delta God. Sessions. Because every episode we're talking about shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and anus. Okay, so let's continue. Colon health is so important. <laughs> it's so important. Yeah, right? We're going to take a brief break. Jesus. Please, shove two fingers up your ass to check. Always take a look at your shit before also, you flush it down. Uh, and also remember to shower at least twice a week, okay? <laughs> Just please. And feel make sure to scrub. Scrubbing your butthole is healthy. Speaking, okay. Yeah, yeah. So at some point, doctors decided that it progressed from just a paraanal abscess to an anal fistula, which if you... And so it would need surgery. So let's... Let's explain what an what what is an anal fistula, you may ask. So (laughs) things that come up on my brain first thing in the morning. I wonder what an anal fistula looks like. Again, if you want to Google it, there's some pictures, both drawn and please don't do it at work. Or do (laughs) on someone else's computer. Depends who you don't like and do like. So Um, an anal fistula looks like a hemorrhoid, but it's approximately 10 times worse. It starts with an infection that creates a lot of pus and the pus in like the infection inside the anus and the pus builds up into an abscess because it has nowhere to drain. And so all the pus has to like, you know, the pressure builds up and it basically pushes its way through flesh and skin tissue and digs a little tunnel, you know, like the groundhog for daylight sort of a vibe, but just anal pus. They're extremely painful. But imagine just like the layers, how sensitive, if you've ever had your ass ate, imagine how sensitive all your nerve endings are down there. This is happening. Literally pus is forming a tunnel through your tissues. So this, God bless, right? The surgeon, the surgeon tests an unknown amount of patients. This is documented on how to pr- go with this procedure because the, you know, God forbid the king be the kinny, guinea pig for this procedure. And all of the info and identities of the guinea pigs are lost, of course. Like those people don't obviously Oh, those were matter. like total like peasants, surfers and shit. Surfs, yeah, yeah. my bad. But my question... Yeah. <laughs> fucking peasants um my question was i like do you force people to get an anal fistula or there's just a line out that like they put out a casting call if like anybody in the area with anal royalty was showering twice a year or ever in their lives like imagine how often these people they were experimenting on showered if ever so i'm sure that people were lining up like a does your butthole hurt? Do you want free relief? Like, let me experiment on you. I'm sure. <laughs> it's like medical surveys. Oh, yeah, dude. You know? Like, you know, you can, we'll give you a $10 Amazon yeah, gift card if you come and There's get your clinical trials for centuries, dude. Like, unsafe clinical trials forever. Yeah, but they actually say they didn't know $10 yeah, Amazon dude. gift cards because no, no next day delivery. The patient would just yep, die. Exactly. They would just die. Nowhere to deliver to if they're dead. Know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
So the surgery happens after all the guinea pigs. And apparently during it, this is one of the best details, and I was keeled over. The king didn't really express too much pain, you know, humming and hawing, but the surgeon did note that the king exclaimed, Mon Dieu! Several times. Translation. (laughs) My God! (laughs) I feel like it's just a very French, like... Like Hollywood French, <laughs> mon dieu! You know, oh yeah, my I de- I god! Like that's you know, in this upon first insertion for sure. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, first insertion or anal fistula, seventeenth surgery, seventeenth century that's edition. Right. <laughs> mon dieu! So the best part, <laughs> I just imagine, like, I'm imagining always him with the yellow, like the white little pant, like pantaloons. The little slipper boots. And in the full king's regalia. Yeah, like, I know that he's probably in just fucking a burlap sack, the king version a of it. But, like, I'm imagining, you know, one. all the, yeah, all the portraits that you see of these royals. Like, he's in that. My God. During this, and he's saying "mon dieu" the whole time while like gripping the doctor's oh. hand, um, on a piece yeah. Of so best part, he ha- <laughs> exactly he had to have two more of My those surgeries. God. Mon dieu, dude. Yeah, after like several a, a time, but he lived and he recovered. This is interesting. He recovered in about two days. So he either is magic, or maybe it just you know maybe. Those are quickly regenerating tissues. Yeah. So this went on to be one of the most famous surgeries of all 17th century because of, you know, all the things about it. But what's interesting is that on Louis' medical records, like the official record, there's only one or two bullets about this surgery, despite it being life-threatening extremely painful like affecting his life oh right this, he, the motherfucker is sitting sad in his yeah, little he's supposed to be the king, and he's literally almost <clears throat> dead from butthole problems like i'm sure that would have been a real big pr problem so yeah Ex- exactly how do you how do you you know people magazine the paparazzi are wondering yeah, um but yeah but the interesting part is that like any good gossip the surgeon was you know the surgeon was forbidden to talk about it and that's why there were only one to two bullets, but he went the literally next day and wrote 18 pages. Oh, I'm sure of he notes was in on the surgery, stress, bro. Like, I'm sure everyone was distressed. Like, I gotta make sure that this motherfucker lives. Dude, I've been watching this terrible ass show called Designated Survivor on Netflix, and like, it's like a presidential show or whatever. And I'm just like imagining like the old school press room, and people are just like, uh, excuse me, question is it true that the king? is uh like incapacitated from anal problems and they're just like uh lying about it like like sean sean spicer just running into a fucking bush losing his shoe running away from the press so no the king the king is just going through a hyperfixation of very spicy foods (laughs) and so he simply requires a the nether regions Exactly. But of course, this motherfucker, you know, wrote 18 pages. The, again, fascinating history part is that those 18 pages were lost, assumed destroyed for centuries. And then, you know, as things do, popped back up and were sold at auction for like 4,000 euros. Someone has to know. Exactly. Like the karmic cycle said, here you go. Modern history. Yeah. And so what I really just want to point out, the whole reason I bring up this whole story is that every single time that you go to some classical art museum or museum with classical art that has these paintings of royals or whatever, I want you to think about the fact that what wasn't painted in the portrait was the shit covered walls, the copious amounts of anal fissures and specifically that many royals etc that were always painted standing in their portraits was because they could not sit as a result of anal fissures (laughs) more than donuts required dude for sitting there for 13 hours for your portrait yeah just fucking horrible hygiene horrible smells but yeah 
God bless the fucking and king and queen, right? Boop boop. God bless the king and queen. Maybe she died from an anal fissure, and they're just not I saying mean, it. You can't recover at that age, like as as quickly as you could. You know, when yeah. you're younger. Yeah. Thanks everyone for bearing with that. Um, let's tear down Western imperial <laughs> history with filth like this, honey. Uh, and absolute filth. I'll en- yeah, we'll end th- we'll end this segment the way I started it. Please sage the stinkies. <laughs> Scrub everything. Sage yourself. Protect your peace. Protect your energy and your butthole. Yeah, yeah. And protect your wallet. Okay, That's everybody. Right. Yeah, we are talking about shmoney because in a modern age, we're not going to spend it like That's royals. Right. We're not going to spend it on little sedan chairs. That's right, because Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos won't let us have any because they want to hoard it all for themselves, like hungry, hungry hippos. So okay, but if everyone wanted a multi-million-dollar yacht that couldn't fit through the bridge behind which it was constructed. <laughs> If everybody if everybody wants one of those, we're not all going to be able right. to have one, okay? And that's that's right. unfair. There's only so to the many hard work. little snackies for the hungry hippos. Do you know what I'm saying? Shit runs out. So, um, speaking of not having enough, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about today uh, is a sliding scale, um, like situation in, in in whatever you do, and uh, usually service based uh, um, industries here. So. Um, this is one thing that I've been thinking about doing a lot, uh, bringing back the old lesson train, right? So, um, and then in doing that, uh, being able to offer the sliding scale here. So, um, a few things I wanted to talk about is number one, like how many, do we have options? Like what is the sliding scale? Is there only one way to do it? What's the deal behind that? So a few ways to do it. I'm sure that a lot of folks that are listening to this, LOL, um, all of our tens of fans out there, uh, you're probably familiar with like a social justice-based sliding scale, right? So offering things for um, marginalized communities at a different rate, um, you know, because fuck, Mm -hmm. let's even the scales. Um, Yeah, my yoga teacher did that for classes and the training that I did itself. And, you know, Taking this back to music, which is like, you know, the thing I know best, there's lots of programs out there um, that offer these things for, you know, Latino kids, black kids, um, queer kids, trans kids, like very much less of those. So that is something that I'd like to offer um, a safe space to learn for queer and trans people um, that is safe and respectable. But uh, that is one option. Uh, There is also an income based option. Right. So, hey, uh, if you make this certain amount of income um, and we can verify it. I mean, that's kind of like a, I feel like that's like a barrier type of way. But anyway, if you'd like to do it, you can say, hey, if you make this kind of money, this is what I'll charge you. If you make this kind of money in this income bracket, this many dependents, whatever, um, you can Mm -hmm. set the scale that way. Speaking of that way, there's also um, just a plain, I offer these three tiers. Cause like, you know, let's be real. Not everybody can just offer, you know, the lowest exactly zero dollar. Like you can't offer it for yeah, free. Like zero dollars we, we all have rent, honey. We totally. all have money. Um or, or, or yeah. food that we have to put on the table. So um you can just offer a tiered system, right? So like here's my bottom tier, you know, fifty dollars for, for this, a hundred dollars for that, hundred and fifty dollars for this. Those are the three that I offer. So whatever mm. it is. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about this because of uh something I'm working on. And of course, we've talked about this in terms of Red Delta and, you know, yada, yada. But I think the a big hurdle or just a kind of breakthrough in making the decision, like what a, a piece of information that helped me make the decision as to what kind of sliding scale was the like medium that I'm meeting people mm. through. It, like if it's online versus yeah. in person, oh, yeah. if it's exactly. mm-hmm. a regular, like weekly Bible, like however con- concurrent, mm-hmm. is that the, like, you know, like it's happening yeah, recurring, regularly as recurring, opposed yeah. to like a library of content, yep. right. That you're just accessing individually and kind of basing it on the, based on, you know, the medium, the, 
how much honor yeah. system level of access right that, like, yeah you know, exactly like hey exactly here's yeah. the free library like watch these videos that i already have or like hey if you pay this mm -hmm. then you get these resources as well so like great great call out that like you can have different ways to access whatever you're 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 offering um, yeah yeah i actually saw this also recently at a club in um I'm blanking what it was. It's a party that used to be called Spielraum in Amsterdam, I think. But they moved into a brick and mortar and now at all their events, they're trying out a system of, you know, low income versus, and they kind of name it. There's also, I know a music festival that's very queer called Honcho that they also do this you know, they release, I think they released, but the way that they do it, this is interesting, is that they release the ex most expensive tier first. Mm -hmm. And so they say if this is, or like the ones that aren't the lowest, yeah. you know, that that is the concern for someone being dishonest about income kind of a thing. But yeah, I think that's, it's really interesting because it comes into the, it's like this whole it feels like integrated in this ethics of like oh i'm not a good person if yeah, i'm not I mean, giving my services exactly, for zero like dollars it's not possible in every situation um like one one yeah. artist that i've been following like it's really funny because i don't i don't listen to his music a lot i do enjoy it or whatever when it's playing but it's i just find his like business practices really interesting his name is la russell totally. i think i've mentioned him before um yeah, his name. Oh, is, yeah, yeah. Was having like exactly backyard shows. like literally built a stage in his backyard and asked people to like pay what they can. And then at a certain point, he got so popular where he was able to like literally pick and choose the pay as you can. It's like literally let people in for five dollars and let people in for two thousand dollars. And then beyond that, he also completely independent, has no record deals, does all of his own advertising and distribution, offers people like literal mm. like stock like like pieces of interest in each of his songs so he's like hey you own this percentage of the revenue on this song if it does well if you promote it too then you get money it's kind of like that kind of scale it's pretty sick. yeah i just i just disassociated thinking about what a logistical nightmare figuring that out as like an independent artist would right like how do all that money transferring all well, that there's a lot of there's a know, lot of things that yeah. i imagine he has a great yeah. system for sure but i was like yeah. oh my god i mean he also like, doesn't do it so by much. himself right like yes he's independent but yeah. he has you know his team yeah, yeah. that he's totally that totally yeah, yeah but it, yeah, it, yeah, it's one of those moments of like Jesus. This takes yeah. so much work to just make decisions yeah. like this. It's so it to the consumer, it feels so easy, like easily done. But you don't witness how many. For me, like work is just how many decisions and how much action has yeah. to be taken in order to achieve. Definitely that learning that a lot at work as well. <laughs> lol, lol. Holy shit, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a it brutal really one. But. Um, so yeah, like the last thing I wanted to say is, or like the last option, which we mentioned it maybe in passing, but it's the pay-as-you-go or, or, or pay-what-you-can option, um, right? So like, mm. here's what I offer, pay-what-you-can, you can accept, you can deny, uh, whatever it is. Um, yeah. All of these types being said and being out there, um, one thing to always remember is that like it, it, there's never anything wrong with fundraising. I will tell you that shit right now. I mean, obviously easier said than done for certain people depending on personalities or whatever, but that kind of stuff mm -hmm. you can make work for whatever your level of effort is for that, right? Like, Are you saying GoFundMe fundraising um, kind of thing? GoFundMe fundraising, here's my Venmo, share my Venmo with people. Okay. Uh, if all you refer methods. three people, I'll give you a session for free or some kind of shit, right? Like, I'll send you feed pics. <laughs> I'll send yeah. you feed pics. Post this poster for me <laughs> on your shit, whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all of that kind of stuff works. But um, the point is, is just like start doing. And yeah, like do and things will come. Yeah, and you're always allowed exactly. to change. I have, I have to remind myself of this all the time. If a policy, if you start out and you're not charging any money and you want to suddenly change to having to charge money because it's caused issues or you feel like 
you know, you're leaning on your creative practice or whatever you're putting behind a paywall is worth more than zero dollars, then so be it. It's like, it's, you're allowed to change your ideas and what you need are allowed to change. If, you know, imagine all the people during something like COVID when uh, like, you know, the, uh, what is it called? The, when we all had to stay at home, the isolation. Um, How do you say this in English? (laughs) uh, Like it's not the pandemic. The stay at home. Um, uh, lockdown. Lockdown. Ooh, the Jesus lockdown. Christ. No wonder we can't think of it. <laughs> How do you say this in English? Uh, the <laughs> lockdown. Um, <laughs> but like you know, the something like a lockdown happens, right? Where you can't rely on your normal day to day job to support you. You can change and update your. You know, okay, I am now relying on this for my income. And that's that also was something that helped at least me personally make some decisions yeah. is, am I relying on this for my rent? Is this just for fun? Yeah. Is this, you know, or anywhere in between that, but just naming yeah. what it wants. All of those options yeah, are like okay. If you're relying, Do you know what I mean? Like every part of that spectrum. No matter what situation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just take into account what your situation is. And yeah. So uh, if you're looking for, for yoga instruction, yoga guidance, peaceful uh, body movement, fill out our form, our, our, our interest form on our website. If you are looking for music lessons in literally any way, uh, violin, viola, um, electronic music making, learning how to loop, learning a little bit of music theory. Fill out the interest form on red.collective.net. You know, something that also either of us can offer in various capacities is conversations and lessons on literally just how to practice. Oh, yeah. Whether it be an instrument or whether it be what it doesn't even have to be something that we are proficient in, but the way our brains work, we can help break something down into manageable. Okay. How do you approach this? Right? Like, okay, what is this? Anyways, I think that's just generally called mentoring, but learning how to practice also a musical instrument or a creative practice is really important because it's this feedback circle and we can offer that for you (laughs) if you need feedback circle. Yeah. And, uh, I am, uh, as far as payments and things or, you know, sliding scale, speaking of, you know, what are we talking about? Yeah. I'm, I'm able to yeah. work with literally anyone in any situation. So uh, whatever your situation, whatever's going on, just reach out. This is all about community anyway. So. Mm-hmm. And you can stay tuned for something regarding yoga from me. But I'm just going to leave that as vague as possible. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. You're welcome. Yeah, be smart with your yes. money. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, on to our next segment here, it, which is where we celebrate uh, Black folks doing great things. So, uh, Derek, who do you have for us this week, this week, this month, this episode? <laughs> this episode, exactly. Also, post if you start a podcast, you get to post episodes whenever you want to, right. girl. Whenever you that want right. to. 
Um, take it from people who post a podcast when a podcast whenever they want to. <laughs> I'm gonna speak like Bjork for the rest of the episode while my edible know, kicks in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I again, we sh- we spent a lot of time. We talk a lot about white men, but this time we at least shat on the white men. So yeah, we're gonna celebrate a black woman for a moment. This episode, we're gonna talk about Pauline Hopkins. She is best known for four novels that she published um, in the early 1900s. She wrote romantic, amongst other things, these four novels were romantic fiction for black folks in the early 1900s. This is some Fabio on the cover kind of shit, but obviously for reasons (laughs) was not mainstream. And she also wrote, a musical slash play. It's kind of somewhere in between that had, it was the same musical, but it had several different names, including the Underground Railroad, Peculiar Sam, and Slaves Escape. Later in her career, she was the editor of Colored American Magazine, which is the most widely circulated African-American literary publication of its time, or was the most, I should say. Is, yeah, still is. But, um, which... Again, talk about behind-the-scenes effort that we don't think about these days. The whole act of printing and publishing was not... It's not like, oh, I just go online and find somebody, right? Like, this is a whole fucking gamut of effort. So to be also the most widely circulated is amazing. Um, And the magazine itself, along with Pauline, were very politically engaged and would feature disputes or commentary, whatever... Um, between black intellectuals at the time, which like the debate, this is, you know, a nice history lesson that I wanted to talk about was the um, difference between Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois. Is it Du Bois or Du Bois? Uh, I feel like a black, a bad black person for not knowing. That's fine. I mean, there's a street in, De- in Detroit called Liver Noise, but it's French, so I don't know why it's not li- like Liver Hold Noir. Hold on here, we can see. Regardless. Dubois. It says yeah. Dubois. 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 No, Dubois. Oh, so it's, it's bo- it, yeah. Dubois? Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to call him Webb, and I'm going to call Booker T. Perfect. Or I'm just going to call them Washington and Dubois. And someone can fucking blast us on our feedback form on our (laughs) website. Um, Call me a racist. Um, So (laughs) these two men, I think, again, this is important American history to know. Washington, it wasn't just these two, but the dichotomy and thinking around civil rights within the black community was kind of, in this way. So Washington emphasized the value of manual labor and economic self-sufficiency as essential essential steps. So this more, you know, blue collar, we're the, we're the root of it kind of a thing. Whereas Dubois argued that access to quality education, including liberal arts and advanced studies, was the key to empowering African Americans to become leaders and advocates for civil rights. So I, I, it feels vaguely kind of how we, we, at least I learned about MLK and Malcolm X in my textbooks where, you know, one is painted in a not good light and one is kind of painted in a good light. And it's, you know, the history story, the one who tells history is the one who writes it kind of bullshit but just this kind of different economy of how like radical malcolm x was and how radical mlk was but how they were told in history yeah differently and obviously in their own unique ways and i mean like also had their intellectual differences but the point is is that yeah that shit was the manipulated so you know yeah same thing that we're literally experiencing right now (laughs) yeah funny how history is cyclical um so yeah i bring that all up as a learning lesson within the context of colored american magazine which was politically engaged which is also still available fyi digitally coloredamerican.org if you want to look at it i did not know that okay Uh, is it all is it free or it looks like it's free i mean it's i bet you can access that through your library if not yeah w.e.b du bois du bois 
Du Bois. Okay. They got a pronunciation yeah. symbol. Um, so yeah, that magazine was secretly purchased at some point in time, like relatively recently after its beginning, it was secretly published by a man named Fred Moore, who again, secretly was Booker T. Washington's agency, agent. So a magazine that's trying to discuss two opinions is suddenly bought behind the scenes by one of those opinions so as the director or the editor of this magazine, Hop, uh, Pauline Hopkins ended up losing her influence and accordingly leaving the magazine. But due her, to her popularity, she was immediately hired at another magazine called Voice of the Negro. And magazine it was a magazine with similar scope, but this one was much more critical of Washington and his peers for this you know, I'm not the expert, but the kind of like reduction. I mean, he was out here talking about Washington lift yourself up by your bootstraps type of shit. And like everybody was like, bitch, yep. um, we we literally, first of all, we Stab just got energy. bootstraps and they're like not connected to anything. So calm the fuck down for a second. Yeah. Um, perfect example of why you should read multiple fucking sources and think about who owns and who runs these new sources that you're consulting. Because, yeah, the Internet has made that a crazy thing. But you know what? It's not because yeah, everybody's exactly. bought and paid for. It's not that hard. Shout out to yeah, Democracy dude, exactly. Now. It is not that hard to find reputable sources. And if you don't know, ask your friends. There was a great episode, brief shout out, of Democracy Now, where they interviewed an author of a book called Doppelganger. It's all about conspiracy. She calls it culture, in- culture instead of theories. Mm-hmm. And it's like this whole cultural commentary but it's a really fascinating interview in case conspiracy theory and the news cycle and all that interest you it's a really kind of trippy but interesting thing anyways get your news at the right places (laughs) folks so yeah the there's a lack as far as the last 25 years of her career there's not there's a the the word used was a curious lack of trace of her career and people believe it's not it's an indication of her inactivity it's more of a lack of like research and records and obviously destruction of records and all that kind of shit but she uh, died in 1930 at the age of 71 i think it was a kind of tragic death but either way I just wanted to shout this out, have a little history lesson. I want to read one of these romance novels because what's funny is as I was researching this, I don't know if you've seen these TikToks of people reading or listening to the audiobooks of these raunchy fucking books that are written. I don't know what it is. It's it's black. It's so fucking amazing. And it's like this granny who's like lusting after this man. And just the, it's such bad writing and people are fucking dying over it. Like playing this shit blasting while they're driving with their windows down kind of a thing. And just hooting and hollering, obviously playing TikTok at the same time. So like danger, but it's so fucking hilarious, but it reminded me of that. But I imagine that Pauline Hopkins is more like, Better pride and prejudice. <laughs> I don't know. It's energy. like lusty shit from like the turn of the century. So might be pretty hilarious. So I'm looking forward to your research on this. <laughs> yeah. I maybe I should do a book report. I think you at should. You point. should pick like your best scene, like the best scene, your favorite scene. From the TikTok books from or from Pauline Hopkins? Yeah, like from Pauline Hopkins books. <laughs> Compare yeah. and contrast. Do an do a uh, back-to-back essay you know how you had to compare and contrast yeah, shit <laughs> language arts venn diagram of like all-timey <laughs> versus this absolute like pulp <laughs> just shit so funny amazing awesome well sweet well that's all we have for you folks until next time i hopefully at some point i'll Maybe I should let let us know on the website if you want me to start doing book reports because I listen to and read a fair amount of books and 
you're not. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, um, please visit our website, reddeltacollective.net, and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks for hanging in there with us and staying loyal as we round episode seven. Until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye.